0: Father in heaven now Lord there are times where we wonder where are you God There are times we wonder Lord is your spirit at work and Lord in this moment you have made it abundantly clear the words that we have been able to sing and praises to you through the word that, that rick shared through communion god that you are pouring yourself out on out on the hearts of summit church and we thank you and we praise you for that lord thank you for these experiences we get to have together of the working and the movement of the mighty holy spirit of god in the life of our church Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to come before you, to even kneel before you and offer our prayers of thanksgiving, our prayers of praise, our prayers of confessions, our requests before you. Lord, what an incredible privilege. And now, as we open your word together, I ask God that you would do the speaking, that you would pour yourself out on our church, that you would bring clarity, that you would bring comfort, that you would bring conviction. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Kids, I believe you're able to go now. What have I said? And this concludes this Sunday morning's worship service. We're so thankful that you were with us today. And know uh, this, that you were loved, and we'll see you next week. Like, how's that strike your heart in the moment? Do you feel like unsatisfied well I pray to God that you are unsatisfied because we still have the word of God to open but here's what I just learned this morning this is something that's very very incredible and uh, as we take a look at the importance of and the roles of spiritual gifts in the life of the church and who they are ultimately meant for I, like God and his sovereign ordination of every moment of every day and even right down to who does communion on Sunday morning, on, on the Sunday morning where we're actually going to consider the role of spiritual gifts in the church. We have, and I'm going to make him uncomfortable, and the reason why he's uncomfortable is because he refuses to receive an ounce of glory for what he did this morning, and it's Rick Paver. Yes. And he's saying, applaud the work of the Holy Spirit through him to the body for their common good. That is the purpose behind what Rick Paver did. Rick, ever since I've known him, has been told, you should be an elder, you should be an elder, you should be an elder. And he says, I'm not going to be an elder, I'm going to be a deacon. And I personally would love to hear him preach some Sunday morning. Because I personally believe, along with many other in the life of the church, that he has been given the gift to present the word of God to the church in a very clear and concise and passionate way. And I love that he was able to do that this morning. Rick is like in the top 10 of most influential people, spiritual people in my life. And you're like, what is he, number eight? Like how does that make him feel? Well, I suppose there are times where he is number eight, but there are many, many, many times as he has has exhorted me as a pastor in this church where he's been number one. And here's what I love about that: he doesn't ask for that role, he doesn't demand that role, he doesn't expect that that's his gift to give. All he is doing is being obedient to the Holy Spirit of God in his life as the Lord is compelling him in accordance with his good and perfect will in Rick's life to do exactly what God has gifted him to do. I could simply say amen to the service and this concludes today's service because the word of God was declared. If you are someone that is like, yes, yes, I can get to brunch early. I would suppose you need to consider how hungry you might be for the living Word of God. If you're someone that's like, bring it on, I'm ready to hear more of the Word of God, that says, that says the Holy Spirit has created in you such a hunger to hear His Word that you want more. And so I pray to God this morning that you receive more of the Word of God. As we look at 1 Corinthians, we're going to be in chapter 11 verses 4 through 11. So you can turn there right now if you would, please. Um, But a reminder, last week, Jasper started, he laid out for us one of the best launches to any sermon series I have seen and heard in a long, long time, maybe ever. It was so incredible how he took us from, from chapter one to chapter 11, and he revealed to us the things that were causing trouble and corruption in the life of the Corinthian church. Absolutely loved it. And he left us with, or he started with this question and left us with this question, um, and this was it. How can I know I am following the Holy Spirit and not the spirit of the age? Verse one starts out, now, uh, now concerning spiritual gifts. So Paul is entering into a, um, a, a moment of or or a a chapter or two or three of this is the role of the spiritual gift or gifts that God would give to you in the life of the church. Here's what has happened to the Corinthian church and that's why the question, how do I know I'm following the Holy Spirit versus the spirit of the age? Or how do I know I'm following the Holy Spirit or the influence of the enemy in my life as he continues to reveal his corruption through the world? Which one am I following? The problem with the Corinthian church, and this is what we need to receive from their experience, they were the church, declared the church, the Corinthian church, which means they had understood what it meant to be in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. They were indwelt by the Holy Spirit, yet the very things, the very gifts that God intended for that church to use for His glory, they had turned and made it about themselves, The Corinthian church had a problem and here is what we need to walk away with in considering in just this moment. How how is Summit Church guilty of the very same thing that the Corinthian church had a problem with And that is taking the gifts that God intended for his glory and for the good of the church and they made it about themselves. So the question continues to be for you, not as you think about Summit Church as a whole, but if this is your church, how are you personally guilty of taking the gifts that God has given you for the good of the church and for his glory and you are using it for yourself? All right? The Corinthian church had a problem, and so can we. Verses um, four through eleven. Let's read it together now. Let's see what Paul has to say to us, or the Holy Spirit of God through Paul to Summit Church this Sunday morning. All right, starting at verse four. Now there are a there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities. But it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. Holy Spirit-filled still being influenced by the spirit of the age. There was a corruption of the use of the spiritual gifts by the Corinthian church, and and if we can put it this way, this is the way it would have started out, I'm supposing, because while the the culture of the the, the church in Corinth was dealing with is not, like it was a different culture, it is not unlike what we, church, experience today. The heart of man was the same 2,000 years ago as the heart of man is the same today. It's corrupt, apart from the Holy Spirit of God. But here's what was happening. The Corinthian church was taking the things that was given to them, and they were building a platform for themselves personally. It started with self-gratification. My expression of this spiritual gift feels good And so I want more of that feel-good experience. And so I'm going to express that gift that the Holy Spirit has given me so that I can feel good. And as I am feeling good, here's what I'm understanding. Some of them were giving miraculous giftings and abilities. They were not only feeling good about the expression of the spiritual gift and that actually becoming an idol in their own hearts, They were using it to build a platform for their own personal recognition and knowledge. So, Self-gratification, which led to self-promotion. It feels good, so I'm going to continue to do it. And as I continue to do it, I'm going to look good as I express it. This is what was happening in the Corinthian church. This was the problem. Paul's intention in writing this was, if correction is too hard of a word for you, he was bringing correction to the Corinthian church. This is where you have it wrong. I want you to have it right. Let's call it at least an intentional redirection of focus. He was saying, church, listen to this. There are varieties of gifts. There are varieties of service. There are varieties of activities. And I'm about to name a handful of those gifts But understand this, please know that they are secondary. The use of those gifts is absolutely secondary. Here's what is primary. Yes, know what your gift is, but that's secondary. But primarily, I want you to know what your gifts are for. Why do you have a spiritual gift? It is not first and foremost about your feeling good and about your looking good. It is first and foremost knowing what they are for. So Paul's overarching message in these verses, actually you could start at verse one and you could roll through verse 11 and next week you're going to see, um, through as, as Jasper preaches, he likens it to the body and how we all have different roles to play in accordance with our different gifts, but the primary purpose um, in, in overarching message in paul's um, these verses is this, found in verse seven: "To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Paul wants the Holy Spirit to be known in the church. Paul wants the Holy Spirit to be known through the expression of the spiritual gifts that are given. He wants the world to see and know that he is alive and that he is active in those that he has drawn into relationship with him. To be made known. Holy Spirit to be made known. This has been very influential as you consider how we have renamed our church a handful of years ago, Eyes on the Summit, Summit Church. As you've seen, we don't have one guy up here here is declaring the message of the Word of God. We don't have a declared senior pastor. We have a group of guys that teach. We're overseen by the elders, but this is, the, this is it. Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. In it's Summit Church, it's our desire, it's our goal that he is made known through the activities of the church. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. To each, listen, to be made known. For us to make known the Holy Spirit of God, he says to each. So at the moment, if you're sitting here and you are Holy Spirit filled and you're wondering what my spiritual gift is, I promise you, you have something. Because the moment to each is given when you bow the knee to the lordship of Jesus Christ in your life, life, according to the promise of the word of God, he pours himself out into your heart and into your life by his Holy Spirit and takes up residence in your life. At the moment the Holy Spirit comes into you, he has marked you as his own. He is determined and declares, this is my child, God the Father sees you through the Holy Spirit and you are able to stand righteous before Him because of the Holy Spirit of God in your heart and in your life. And as a result of the residence of the Holy Spirit in your life He provides you with gifts in order to glorify Him and to be a blessing to those in the church. Right now you're like well I don't know what my Holy I don't know what my gift is. well let's settle down because I personally don't believe you need to know what your your spiritual gift is in order for it to be used in the life of the church. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit. This is the goal. Manifestation of the Spirit or simply to be made known. Paul comes around in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 so he writes another letter and this is kind of a reminder of what he said in verse 7. Each is given for or given the manifestation of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, I want you to be ambassadors for Christ. It's God making his appeal through you to the world to be reconciled unto himself. Manifestation of the Spirit in your life. You are revealing, you are presenting yourself in such a way that says, I am forgiven, I am claimed by God, this thing that is happening over here this hardship in my life has no sway over me because I have the power of the Holy Spirit of God in me. And I'm going to let himself, I'm going to let him make himself manifest and known to those who are walking, watching as I deal with this. Manifestation of the Spirit, being made known. The glory of God. Why do you have a gift? For the glory of God, for the manifestation of the Spirit. And, at the end of verse 7, for the common good. For the common good. Please understand this. Your spiritual gift is not for you. It is not for you. It is something that the Holy Spirit has determined I want to give to you so you can extend it for the common good of the church. The glory of God and the good of others. The purpose of your gift, please understand, is the glory of God and the good of others to make him known for the good of those who are in your life. The glory of God and the good of others. In that pure expression, that manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life, there is no room for you to make it about yourself because it feels good or it looks good. It's all about his glory and the common good of the others. The Corinthian church had made a catastrophic catastrophic mistake in making the manifestation of the Spirit about themselves. Self-gratification and self-promotion. And so our question for today, with that, that being which every fruit of the message today, the rest of this passage hangs from, our question we want to answer today is, okay, so if that's the case, if it's for the glory of God and it's for the good of others, how then is the Holy Spirit made known in His church? So if we were to stop right now, we could have a wonderful discussion on how we believe the Holy Spirit manifests Himself in such a way that it reveals His activities. But the question is, how is the Holy Spirit made known in His church? And the passage actually addresses it. Verses 4 through 11. Three things, and look, and look, I, I, had a, I had a back and forth text with Rick just before, it was yesterday, and, and this is it. He's like, you start out, I have 40 minutes to preach, how in the world am I going to fill 40 minutes? And after three days of study, you're like, how in the world am I going to take everything and fit it into the 40 minutes? And then, after you pare it down to fit 40 minutes, you look at it and you're like, how in the world is that going to fit 40 minutes. The Holy Spirit will make himself known in our church. You know, and here's the thing. I don't even know why I just said that. I had a purpose behind that. And so I'm, I'm supposing the Holy Spirit's like, Todd, you're straying right now. So let's come right back to what is, what's important. It was really good, though. I'm sure it was. Rick, if you remember, say something before the end of the service. Um, so our question for the day is, and it might even come back to me, is how is the Holy Spirit made manifest or made known in his church? Here's the first one. By being unified through diversity, all right? As we are unified in diversity, I don't care how you want to write it, but the, but the purpose is we are unified even while we are diversified. And you can understand why I didn't use that because that kind of rhymes and I'm not all about that. So, but, but here's the point. The Holy Spirit is made manifest as we express and experience unity together while we are diversified completely in the life of the church. I mean, you can, you can look around right now and see the diversity that is being expressed in our church, even by how you were dressed, even by the way you sit in the sanctuary, even by where you sit in the sanctuary is that these are declarations of diversity we experience in the church. But the absolute 100% unbending, never-changing truth is this. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you are granted an eternal unity together with other brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you like it or not. And right now, people are coming to your mind like, I don't want to be in unity with that person right now. But you are forever unified together with every other Holy Spirit filled individual, both in this church and out. But we are most concerned with this fellowship of believers. You are unified. You are unified while we are experiencing diversity together. Here's the problem, church. As we are unified, we are given perfect unity together. Our problem is, in our flesh, just like the Corinthian church did, we are tempted to give in to the spirit of this world and break unity in the church. Because that person thinks differently than me. That person acts differently differently than me. That person looks differently than me. No. It is God's desire and purpose for his church that we are unified together even while we experience variety and diversity. All right, look at verses four, five, and six. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Varieties. There are not just gifts, but there are also services. There are not just gifts and services, but there are also activities in the life of the church. I wonder, I wonder if the Corinthian church was like hyper-focused on spiritual gifts, but I wonder if they were concerned about the, the different activities and the different services in the life of the church. So let, let's take, for example, let's say they were something like Summit Church. All right, different services. You know what, you may not know what your, you know, may not know what your spiritual gift is, but if you were involving yourself in the life of the, of the church, you are actually serving in the life of the church. And most assuredly expressing your spiritual gift whether you know it or not, okay? But so service. You know what, I don't know what my spiritual gift is, but I know there's a need in kids' ministry. I know there's a need in the nursery. Spiritual gifts, you know what, I may not necessarily know what that is, but I know this, I know my brother in Christ over here is struggling with whatever, and I've had experience in that, so I'm gonna, make, I'm gonna set up a coffee with him so that we can sit down and see what the Word of God has to say about it. You know what, I experienced the same thing service I am serving that person in the life of the church how about activities you know what we had we're going to have a chili cook-off that really has very little to do with on on the surface the expression of spiritual gifts and serving in the life of the church but here's what I know it's an activity it's an opportunity for the church to come together and share in fellowship together and bleed our spiritual gifts to one another where's Jason Austin when you need him He's not here, okay? So here's what I bet the Corinthian church did, okay? Jason Austin won last year our chili cook-off. Like, his was voted the best chili. Oh, oh, correction. It was Emily. This is even worse. Emily wins the chili cook-off. Jason takes the credit. That's perfect. Sovereign God ordaining the humbling of Jason Austin. <laughs> I would do this even if he was here. By the way, so listen. Oh, oh, wonderful! He's serving in the kids ministry, or wherever he is. Okay, okay. So here's what happens. I wonder if this happened in the life of the Corinthian church. Even taking something that simple, something as simple as a chili cook-off, I won. I won. I've been given the spiritual gift of chili making, which is not described in scripture anywhere. I've been given the spiritual gift of chili making. Guess what? I'm the best there is. And it was my wife, but nobody else knows that. That's where it begins, isn't it? I have an experience that feels good, and all of a sudden I've taken it and I've used it to elevate myself. There are varieties of gifts, there are varieties of service, there are varieties of activities, and back to the point now. God intends for us to use in unity with one another. Look at look at what it says. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, an expression of the Holy Spirit being the one that gives the gifts. And there are varieties of service. There are multiple different ways to be serving in the life of the church, but it's given by the same Lord, Jesus. Verse six, and there are varieties of activities, numerous things to do in the church, but it is the same God, the Father, who does what? Empowers them all in every one. If you have a spiritual gift of whatever or chili making, it is not you that has determined, I know how to do that. It is God himself, through himself, the Holy Spirit in us, that empowers us to be able to do anything good we do for each other in the church. It is him together through his expression of unity, the Spirit gifting, the Son being mentioned, and the Father, all of them working together through the Holy Spirit to be an expression of the glory of God into the church and toward each other. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God, expressing unity. He is the one that empowers. He is the one that gives us unity and purpose, even though we're even though we are diversified in both thought and function. We don't need church to think all alike and serve all alike. If you could have been in the elder meeting on on this past Tuesday morning, this 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 uh, series has been a long time coming, and to be quite. Straightforward and transparent with you. I, I was afraid of it. And, and you'll understand more as we work through this why I was afraid of this. But we're, we're talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as the great resuffling shuffling of the church came following COVID, we, I know we have people that have come here that may not necessarily think or believe exactly the way we do as it relates to the expression of the spiritual gifts in the life and the body of the church. So... I, I mean, I go back 20 years, and I'll tell you about it in a moment, about why I'm afraid of it, okay? But but back to Tuesday morning. Here we are, a group of men sitting around the same table, expecting that we're, we have come to the same conclusion about the function of and the pur- purpose of the spiritual gifts in the life of the church, okay? We, it sounded... <laughs> Have you ever been in a have you ever been in a salon on a Thursday morning, like where you get your hair done salon? Now imagine imagine the elder room sounding like that. Everyone's talking over each other and no one can say enough and bam bam bam, it's just going on and on. We're so excited about declaring this word to you. All right? But here's what I know. Here's what has been realized. The reason why the the discussion is so energizing is because we're like 85 or 95%, or excuse me, 85 or 90% agreed on this passage. There's like 10% where if any given elder were to stand up here and declare the same message, it would have whiffs of, hey, that, that doesn't agree with what Todd would say. That doesn't agree with what Jasper say, or Bjorn, or Glenn, or whoever. But here's the beauty of unity among diversified thought. All right? The sum of us together coming together at the end, we believe that God has determined for us to be unified together in order to, to, be, to have our true north as it, as it relates to what we believe as a church regarding spiritual gifts. So the sum of all of our thought comes together in unity that you can read in our doctrinal positions in our constitution regarding the expression of spiritual gifts in our church. Unity among diversity, and praise God for that. And pray that God always maintains unity among the leadership of this church. Unified, hey, there is not an ounce of selfishness in the Holy Spirit. He intends to point us to Jesus Christ. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are perfectly unified. May that may that be an expression in our church always. All right, that's the first one. Um, however you want to write it, being unified through diversity, being unified. Okay, here's the second one. How is the Holy Spirit made manifest or made known in the life of the church? It's through a proper use of the gifts. Let's read verses eight, nine, and 10 together. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. There's one gift, the utterance of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge. There's another. They seem the same, right? Okay, we'll just keep moving. According to the same Spirit. Listen, listen. Everything is provided by the Holy Spirit. The utterance of wisdom, the utterance of knowledge. According to the same Spirit, verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. So you have faith, another gift. Gifts of healing, another gift. By the one Spirit. To another, The working of miracles, another gift. Sounds like healings. Miracles to another prophecy, another gift. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, another gift. To another, varieties, or excuse me, various kinds of tongues, another gift. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Yesterday I was at Indiana Tech in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Dear friend of mine from college, we were catching up after 30 years. He knows I'm a pastor. He said, what are you preaching on tomorrow? And I said, a passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses four through 11. And he goes, ah, you're not a topical church. I'm like, nope. You can, t- you can take any topic you want and you can make the Bible say exactly what you wanted to say about that topic. Here's what I believe the church has done. They have determined, you know what we're going to do today or what we're going to do for the next four to six weeks? We're going to look and see if we can determine what your spiritual gift is so you can know how to be serving in the church. So here's what we do. Topical study, spiritual gifts, life of the church. We're going to clip verses 8, 9, and 10. We're going to turn to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to clip the handful of verses that Romans, that Paul says to the Romans. We're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, and we're going to clip the handful that Peter describes there. we're going to lay them out on a sheet of paper, and we're going to look and we're going to pray, all right, God, what's my spiritual gift? We have all of a sudden taken something in, in regarding this passage completely out of context, and we are taking what Paul intended to be a correction or a redirection of focus, and we have made it something that Paul never intended for us to use it for, it is not about us understanding. It's sandwiched between verses 7 and 11. We're coming to 11. Your gift is about the glory of God and about the good of others. This this list of spiritual gifts is incomplete. That's all the Corinthian church knew. There are these handful of there 's wisdom there 's knowledge there 's faith there 's healing there 's prophecy there 's miracles there 's discernment between spiritual gifts there 's tongues or, or, or spirits there 's tongues there 's the interpretation of tongues it 's an incomplete list. Why do you think he named those? I really wrestled over that. My outline changed like five times here 's what I believe. Paul was not saying, Corinthians, understand what your spiritual gift is. I believe they knew what it is, or what it was. What he is saying is, stop focusing on these. You have made these gifts that I've given you to be idols in your heart. These gifts, now think about it. You can build a platform for yourself with any one of these gifts. Let me use a couple in particular. Faith if you faith it's like someone is given a miraculous level of faith that it seems like nothing shakes them so it would be like it'd be like um abraham becoming so proud of his faith and he would like walk into his church and say hey listen i have so much faith that i was willing to lay my son down on an altar and sacrifice him because god said man i just trust him so much and you can hear, you can hear him bleeding. This is about me. Like, I'm so proud of myself. It, it's like Job. It's like, here's a miraculous expression of faith with Job. Job, everything was taken from him. Everything was, his, his, all of his property was destroyed. His family was killed. Everything gone except for he and his wife. And he declares this. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. An incredible expression of faith. And you can see him. Hey, you remember that time when all that stuff happened to me? Man, I, I, I swam through that with flying colors. You can see Job, and he didn't do that. You can see, well, there was a moment of rebuke that came, but you can see him like, this is about me. Hey, when my wife died, she'd laid in a coma for five weeks. Here's the temptation. When I came out on the other side, it's confession. There were moments where I was really proud about how I handled that. Faith, faith. Look at me, man. You can learn from me. Straight up confession. That's the way it went. Here's, here's, here's the point, okay? If we have a proper, if we misuse the gifts, Holy Spirit-filled, given gifts, gift of faith, let's say I have it. The moment I take it on myself, I empty, I empty the message of the Holy Spirit and the power He's intended. I've made it about myself. I've glorified myself. It's not about him. You can do that with any gift. Jasper and I could get up here on Sunday mornings along with Bjorn and Corey and anyone else that would stand behind this pulpit and we could say, Hey, church, I do this because it feels good. And all of a sudden, we've emptied the word of the power that the Holy Spirit intends to infuse through it. Misusing of the gifts. Misusing of the gifts. The Holy Spirit will be made known in this church if we properly use the gifts that He has given us. Here's the last one. How do we avoid this Corinthian problem? Because they didn't get past it. The Corinthian church never made it. How do we learn from this? How is the Holy Spirit made known in His church? Here's the third one. Through trusting His will for the church. Look at verse 11. All these are empowered, every gift is empowered. By one and the same spirit, once again, it's coming from the spirit. He has given you, he is empowering you to be able to express these, who he is the one apportions to each one individually as he wills. We can, we can lay out a list and we can go through all these spiritual gift inventories and you can determine, hey, this is what I think my gift is, but ultimately it is God who determines what you get and when you get it. You know what? If you came from another church and you're pretty sure what your spiritual gift is, here's what I believe. God may have intended for you to use that spiritual gift in that church, but we don't know that he's intended for you to use that Here. As he wills. As he wills. Maybe you didn't have this gift in your last church, but the way the Lord has brought you into the life of Summit at church, he might have something else entirely for you to do that he is going to gift as he wills in accordance with his purpose and his plan for your service and involvement in activities and expressions of gifts in this church. The most famous expression to me is Peter's first sermon, his first sermon. He gets up, a fisherman, who's followed Jesus for three years. The Holy Spirit of God is poured out on him. He's not like, man, I know what my spiritual gift is. He had no idea it was coming. Holy Spirit declares his first sermon Thousands of souls repent. He didn't need to know what it was. He didn't need to plan for it. He only needed to be ready for it. Holy Spirit of God, use me as you will in accordance with your plan and your time. How can we make the Holy Spirit known in this church? One more thing. One more thing. It's got to come back. It's not coming back. So let's, how does the Holy Spirit become known in this church? This is how he becomes known. Church, let's be unified among our diversity. Let's absolutely be unified. No fighting. Let's not take gifts on ourselves and make it about us. Let's be unified among diversity. Let's, let's properly use the gifts that God has given us. And we're going to talk about propriety and worship as we move forward into this. So if you were like, God, oh man, I want you to talk about Tongues. Settle down, it's coming. We're going to talk about it. And I pray to God, it's Jasper that gets to do that one. <laughs> and so proper use of the gifts. And then just let's trust, let's wait on his timing and his plan as he expresses spiritual gifts through us, okay? So as we wrap this up, uh, you know, maybe you're sitting here and you're in a desert, in a dry land. I just want to experience I want to experience what it's like to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit of God and have Him be used. I want to be used by Him. Listen, understand this. You don't need Him to prove anything to you. You simply need to trust in the promise. You don't need to see something to know that He is there to be experienced. All you have to do is trust the promise that He has given Himself to you. Trust in the promise. Trust in the promise. You don't need a sign. You just need to trust in the promise. Relationship with the Holy Spirit is yours because you are in relationship with Him, not because you express gifts that He's given you. You are in relationship with Him. Revel in that amazing, true promise. You can experience the Holy Spirit in the life of the church as you are in relationship with others in the church. For the common good, right? We express spiritual gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit to each other. If you're not involved in the life of the church, you're missing out. in a crucial Holy Spirit-given experience. Involve yourself in the life of the church. And understand this. As you are experiencing life in, in relationship with the Holy Spirit, you are storing up for yourself. When you humble yourself before Him and you let Him work through you, you're storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. You are expressing God to those around you and pointing them to the person of Jesus Christ. Your treasures in heaven are those that God has used you to influence for his good. Man, I love this series. Let's manifest the Holy Spirit in our church. All right, Summit? Thank you so much, Father, for your word. Thank you for the greatness of it. Thank you, Lord, for gifting us with your Holy Spirit. Father, may we be unified. Father, may we appropriately use your gifts. And Father, may you have your mighty way in us and your kingdom come and your will be done.